Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, January the 13th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a nice, tidy five-game NBA main slate for this evening. Uh, really appreciate everybody tuning in. If you're watching on the premiere, we have uh, live chat going on on the side there. Feel free to ask any questions, and uh, I will definitely jump in there. Um, also, love, we'd love to have you join us, dfscoachtalk.com. We have our special four-sport uh, offer out there for membership, so check that out. You get all of our NBA, NFL, MLB, and PGA. All those letters combined equal up to spell Antikonumpo. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, we'd love to have you. So join us, check us out, and let's dive into this five-game slate so we can crush it. We had a real nice FanDuel GPP hit last night, uh, 350 burger plus that we put up, which wasn't that easy last night with some of the crazy uh, things that were taking place, but happy uh, for our members that were able to hit that. Also, if you join us today and jump in Discord, we're going to do a little uh, brain session here, uh, strategy session uh, prior to lock uh, right in our Discord there where we can bounce questions around and talk a bit. So. All right, my friends, let's get after this. No more messing around. The first game of the night is really awesome. It's the first TNT game of the doubleheader. It's the Golden State Warriors and Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's favored by one and a half. It's a 224 total. And quite an interesting back-to-back uh, -back for the Warriors on the road. They have the Bucks tonight, and then they have the Bulls tomorrow. So... We'll see what Golden State's made of in these two games for sure. Um, Clay Thompson, by the way, is going to play tonight against the Bucks. Probably similar minutes, I would assume, 25. Maybe he'll be able to uh, add a few minutes onto that, and then he's going to sit tomorrow against the Bulls. So let's break this game down. Milwaukee's favored by one and a half, like we said. A solid 224 total, 111.25 implied for Golden State and 112.75 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Golden State comes into this game 30 and 10, Milwaukee 26 and 17. Designations for this game, uh, there is a probable tag on Kaminga for Golden State. He may sneak back in their rotation. And the tough part is Draymond Green remains out, and they really could use him for these two games, but it does not look like he's playing in either one of them. Weissman uh, remains out as well. Uh, big thing for Milwaukee that makes it rough for them, so sort of equal to some uh, you know, sense to what Green is missing for Golden State, is doubtful for Drew Holiday, which is their quarterback uh, and really gets things done. So he's doubtful, and then we know Hill, Cornette, and Lopez remain out. So... As I mentioned, Golden State, uh, first game of a back-to-back. -back. It's an island game for Milwaukee. Two good pace teams here. Golden State 10th, Milwaukee 8th. So you have two top 10 pace teams, but you have two top 10 defensive teams. Golden State remains number one. Milwaukee is 10th. So very interesting game. A couple of things of note here. We've got a, a big number tonight on Giannis. I think... Uh, the sites are saying, hey, you know, we're, we're sick of Giannis and the Joker specifically uh, just dominating play here and everybody plugging him in. 
Well, Giannis is 12-3 on this slate, so that's a bit of a stinger. And then the Joker's 12-5. So, you know, there's a little maneuvering if you want to play either one of those guys. Uh, they're still both, you know, they have been very solid, of course, throughout the year, number one and two in points, uh, DFS points per minute. But, uh, you know, there is some question there. Um, it, let's look at uh, Golden State first. You know, if Curry 11-2, a little expensive, but he does get to miss Drew Holiday defense, so that's a plus for him. But he has just not put up the numbers in the recent couple of weeks that we're used to with him. So, you know, you never want to say there's a ceiling for Curry, but lately there has been, and especially with Clay. Uh, back now for this game. Clay's at 5-9. If he gets 30 minutes, I think he's in play. The question is, can he get to 30 minutes or are they going to keep him in that 20-25 range? Um, I think he may get a few more. I think he's playable for the first time in my book. I have not dialed him up yet, but I'm going to continue to check out the beat writer and sport uh, coach speak stuff. Um, Andrew Wiggins at a decent price at 6-3, but again, with Clay, that uh, hurts that a little bit. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Do we even want to discuss this guy? He's 3.2K, and he finished the last time he played. He was super popular, and I had him in one GPP. He scored minus points for the game. Yes, that is correct. It was negative. So I'm you even think about rostering a guy like that right now, I can't. I'm not taking that risk, not even in the GPP. Talk about sinking your lineup. I mean, he could get way better and have 10. So no thanks. Uh, Kevon Looney at 4-7. You know, he means a lot to Golden State, but not a lot to DFS. Um, you know, you can look for some of the guys off the bench. They do have some of their key guys uh, back and playing, Poole, Iguodala, Porter, Bialitza, Peyton, Lee. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of those guys back. Uh, it does really help with the depth, but I'm not like crazy about this Golden State team here. Um, actually debating Thompson maybe as a backup Wiggins. Wouldn't mind having some, uh, you know, a, a little bit of, of taste here of the Golden State uh, side, but not sure that anybody's diving out at me, especially uh, with Curry still uh, north of 11K. Giannis, again, that's the big decision. Do you build a strong lineup without Giannis and the Joker? Can that win anything for you? There's no way you can put them both in there. I mean, it's just impossible on a five-game slate. But it's probably necessary, I'm going to say. I'm leaning towards rostering one of the – think. You know, from what I've seen, what this slate looks like, the size, the, the matchups, it looks like it may be necessary to have the one of those two guys that does get that 70 burger uh, and put that up there. So I'm still debating on the Giannis Joker, you know, million dollar question, which way do you go? Um, I can see people building lineups without either one of them, though. It, You know, you can build a pretty powerhouse lineup with the mid mid range guys. There's a, a good choice of them uh, on this slate. Uh, other than that for Milwaukee, I like, I like Middleton when holiday sits a lot because I know I mentioned this all the time when holiday sits, but Middleton does play the pseudo uh, point guard. I mean, he's sort of the one uh, a lot of the time out there and he's been scoring the ball better. 
And his assist ratio is great when Holiday's off the floor. The problem is he's up to 8-7. So the fun days of playing him at 7-8 or whatever he was uh, are over. So it's a bit more of a commitment, but he is my favorite buck uh, as of right now. I think Dewara, you know, he's streaky. He has a He's a little riskier, high ceiling, low floor, but he's only 5K, should get the start, and definitely very dangerous. Bobby Portis, we know he can have blow-up games. We know he can get in foul trouble and have meltdown games. But for the most part, he's been tough as hell this year. But he does face that vaunted Golden State defense, but they're not the same at all without Draymond Green, who personally I think uh, is going to win defensive player of the year, either him uh, or DeJounte Murray. Those would be the two guys I think have played the best defense. But Bobby Portis at 6'9", that's reasonable. He had drifted up here recently, now coming back down to about where he should be. So really Middleton and Portis are the top two guys I'm looking at there. All right, the first 8 o'clock game, there's two of them. It's the L.A. Clippers and the New Orleans Pelicans. Not quite the matchup that the Warriors and Bucks are, that's for sure. Uh, and the, the numbers aren't that great either. Pels are a four-point favorite. It's a 214.5 total, 105.25 for the Clippers, 109.25 for the Pels. Uh, as far as the matchup goes here, we've got the Clippers at 21 and 21, and the Pelicans at 15 and 26. Um, interesting for the Pelicans, they have one guy out, that's it. It's Cheeseburgers Williamson is out. Everybody else back. So they've got a full bench to go against the Clippers. Part of the reason why they're probably favored here. Uh, and also for the guys that are out for the Clippers. Paul George, of course, out. Hartenstein, Kennard, Leonard, Preston, and Winslow are all out for the L.A. Clippers. All right. Uh, as far as statistically speaking, you've got both teams on an island game. Clippers are 12th in pace, Pelicans 17th, so middle of the road. Clippers playing great D. That's what's kept them at that 500 mark, uh, even without their, their key offensive players. They're fourth in the league in defense. Uh, not so much with the Pelicans. They're 27th. So a couple of things. You know, you have some fair-priced Clippers against a poor team. And, you know, it's a, it's a pace-up game, and you're playing against a lesser defensive team, and the pricing didn't really adjust. I think Jackson at 6K, um, Marcus Morris at 6'5", Batum at 4'1", Zubats at 4'4", and even Coffee possibly at 5'2", but there will be people chasing his last game. But at 5'2", you got to at least put him in a discussion Bledsoe at 5'7", Abaka at 4K, Terrence Mann at 5K. So they've got a boatload of people, very cheap. The problem is, who do you hone in on? I would lean a little bit more towards Jackson and Morris at this time. But if, you know, if Batum's going to get big minutes at 4K, you know, he, would, he should get to value pretty easily. And, uh, you know, you could take some other flyers here. So I definitely want some Clippers exposure. I think it's just a, a really good spot for them and the game should stay fairly close on the Pelican side. You've got a couple of options, you know, Brandon Ingram always is the first, but he's eight, nine, and then Joe Val at eight, six. So, you know, definitely the top two options, 
both a little more expensive, and it all comes into that bill. Are you using either Giannis or Joker and trying to get a lower mid build, or are you going to, you know, go for the higher mid level builds? And you can include guys like Ingram or Joe Val in those builds. The other guys, Hart at six eight, a little expensive, but certainly. Uh, rosterable. Herb Jones also been more consistent than people realize. 4-9, not bad price for him at all when you look at the other people priced around him. Um, after that, you got a lot of bench guys chipping in. And like I say, uh, they're healthy, so they're going to probably go 10 deep. So a little bit of, uh, you know, this isn't my favorite game by any stretch, but I'm not going to sh completely shy away from it. I think a, a, a Clipper and Pelican value here uh, are good plays. All right, the next game is the highest total and the best matchup uh, of the slate. It's an 8 p.m. game, Minnesota Timberwolves, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is favored by four and a half, a nice healthy 231 and a half total. Uh, we got the good implieds for both, 113 and a half for Minnesota and a healthy 118 for the red hot Memphis Grizzlies that are sort of the talk of the NBA right now. They really are. Um, for Minnesota, um, you've got a probable tag on Balmaro, and you have a doubtful tag on Noel. For Memphis, you've got an important piece is a questionable tag on Steven Adams, and that certainly affects guys like Jaron Jackson, Kyle Anderson, and Mr. Clark. So we need to uh, keep an eye on that one. We do know that Brooks is out again. That's been the, the recency lately that he just, he's in, he's out. Uh, and then Pons is also out. So from uh, when we look at the numbers here, this is a first night of a back-to-back -back for Memphis. And it does affect things a bit here. Coach Jenkins, who I think could very well win coach of the year, although I still vote uh, for my man in Cleveland. I think that... Uh, Unseld has done an unbelievable job there. Is it Unseld or is it who took over there? It's either him. I always confuse Unseld. I no, I think it's. Uh, oh wow, that's gonna yell at yell at your uh, computer or phone right now. Is it Bickerstaff? Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's Bickerstaff. I don't know, but anyway, I I think he's coach of the year, <clears throat> or or Taylor Jenkins as well. But anyway, he has a tendency on back-to-backs to not give them that super extra shift, uh, you know, where they would get that eight-minute run, maybe making it six, six and a half. Every possession counts in DFS, as you know. So that just gives me a slight bit of hesitancy. But what counterreacts that is this. Minnesota is now the fastest-paced team in the league. So Memphis is sixth. So you've got a great pace. That's why you have the 231 and a half number. So, you know, I still love Memphis aside in that type of scenario. However, I just wanted to mention it's important that they do have the first night of a back-to-back. -back. The defenses have been decent too. Minnesota's 12th. Memphis is all the way up to ninth, which is amazing uh, to where they were at the beginning of the year. So uh, this game certainly uh, has a lot of intrigue. I think you're going to get a decent amount of ownership, even though it's not one of the two TNT games. You've got uh, really the highest number here in Vegas, and people a lot of attention to that. Um, let's take a look at uh, who's who is 
the key guys to go to here. You got Pat Bev plugged back in at 5-3. He'll be uh, Morant. So that, you know, I don't think anybody can stop Jaw. By the way, that two-handed block that he made where he just caught the ball and hit his head on the backboard, I think that's the play of the year in the NBA. If you haven't seen it, just uh, Google Jaw Morant two-handed block. It's it's unbelievable how a guy that small can get up that high. But, uh, you know, he's – talk about an all-star. He's you got to start looking at him as an MVP candidate. That's how well he's playing. Um, but he's 9-2. It's against Pat Bev, so at least makes you think about it. Uh, again, he's going to be part of that decision on where you're buying up to. Desmond Bain, 6'6", uh, coming off an uh, uncharacteristic uh, game below average for him. Uh, but at 6'6", when Brooks doesn't play, you got to really put him in the mix here. I think he's he's been consistently tough all year, uh, much improved really been the second go-to guy uh, other than Jaw when Brooks is out. So I think he's a good option. People love to go to Kyle Anderson. He makes me nervous, but he's 5-1. I just he's he's all over the board with his results. I think he's more of a GPP play. Triple J up to 7-2 are uh, in that neighborhood, which is fair. Um, if Adams is out, uh, then it definitely becomes a strong play because he's going to get a lot of those uh, rebounds. Brandon Clark will get some more minutes, but Jackson will be the main guy uh, at the five, getting a lot more rebounds, and, and he gets his stocks too. He definitely can throw blocks together. So, uh, But if Adams plays, those residual rebounds have a tendency. Adam, you know, Adam scoops them up as opposed to Jackson. So um, Jackson isn't one of those guys that will knock his own player out of the way to get the ball. I'll tell you who's in that category now, and those are my favorite players for DFS. Kyle Kuzma, man, he is not playing around when it comes to his stats. If you watch the fourth quarter of that game last night, uh, he he actually knocked Spencer Dinwiddie almost to the floor, and when the ball was coming right to Dinwiddie on a rebound, I love guys like that for DFS. Give me them all the time. And then he was trying to get a triple-double. He was one assist short. And he made a great pass to Kispert at the end of the game. And he didn't shoot it. I, he, the rookie froze and he just gave it up. Or, you know, he could have gotten got his first triple-double. He's never had one yet, Kuzma. Uh, it was funny, too, because when Kispert went to the bench, the veterans were like, dude, wake up, man. Why didn't you shoot that? It's, it's funny how rookies, you know, you, all that experience, you know, and uh, great runs in the NCAA, star they get in the NBA against the big boys and it's like what you know deer in the headlights a little bit sometimes but uh, it was fun anyway something to mention about Kuzma but I don't see that same thing from Jackson now, he has spurts where he's real intense maybe it's because he's he's tried to uh, pull it back a little because he was in foul trouble every single game and I have to give him credit he's done much much better with that this season and maybe he's just taking the foot off the gas a little so that he doesn't get in foul trouble. And if that's the case, then it makes sense. But the bottom line and a long-winded explanation there is if Adams is out and Jackson starts at center, he's a huge play for me. If he plays the four and Adams plays, so-so. Not, you know, the jury's out. It depends on the bill. Um, all right. As and on the Minnesota side, you know, D'Angelo Russell at seven nine, Edwards at eight one, and Cat at ten K. 
you know, that's big prices. We're in that trouble with Minnesota all the time. Um, you know, that's that's the issue I have there is where do you spend that money? And you can't go to multiple guys. Um, you know, Memphis is, is, like I say, much improved defensively. Bain's a good defender. Anderson is a good defender. You know, I would would tend to want to go more towards Cat at 10. Um, but, you know, if you look at it and you think, okay, can I get all the way, you know, to uh, to the Joker? I mean, that's that's the question. Can you get to the Joker for that extra money? But it's not like a small amount. It's 2500 to get from Cat to the Joker. So, you know, there's a lot of strategy today. We're going to talk a lot of it through in Discord with our members uh, before lock. So we'd love to have you join us there. Um, all right, let's move on. We've got an 8.30 game. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Brooklyn Nets. This is the second night of a back-to-back for Brooklyn. How about the uh, the surprise starters last night with uh, Kessler, Edwards, and De- Deron Sharp being uh, starting next to the three studs? I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Nash, you never know. Nash is starting to pull uh, some pop stuff out of the hat lately. You never know what his rotation is going to be. And then guys like Griffin or, or Bruce Brown, David Duke, you know, he's moved all these guys around to different spots. It's, it's bizarre, but you got to be careful there. Second night of a back-to-back, they all played last night. Right now they're all, you know, ruled in now. So we'll see what happens here. This is going to be very fun. But Brooklyn's, again, favored by 7.5, 219 total, 105.75 implied for the Thunder, 113.25 for the Brooklyn Nets. The Thunder come in 13 and 27. Brooklyn comes in 26 and 14. Two guys out for OKC in their big man rotations, Roby and Kenrich Williams. And then we've got questionable tags on James Harden. We'll see. Nicholas Claxton, who we know if you watch the podcast and are one of our members, Nicholas Claxton is dead to DFS Coach Talk. He can go take a seat on the end of the bench and pull the splinters out of his ass. Sorry, but a little bitter from the Nicholas Claxton disaster three or four days ago. Um, All right, so he's questionable. I don't care. LaMarcus Aldridge is... Uh, doubtful. I'm pretty sure he's either been ruled out already or doubtful to play. Joe Harris is also out. So a little thin for the bigs, but again, Nash plays like 9 million guys uh, out of the stands, I think, in some of these rotations. Uh, Let's take a look at the numbers. Oklahoma City is 14th in pace. Brooklyn 11th. Nothing to write home about there. Thunder 18th defensively, Brooklyn 7th. And again, everything has to do with is, you know, what's going to happen on the second night of a back-to-back. Nothing seems to ever happen with Durant, to be honest with you. That dude just wants to play 40 minutes. You have to get a meat hook to get him off the court. So I never, I don't care if if they're playing four games in a row. Durant is always unfazed. He has like negative body fat and he just runs full speed the whole time. And he's older too. It's amazing. But uh, he's 11K, so, you know, that is a bit of a punch in the gut. I mean, you have to – if Harden sits, then I'm fine with the 11K. But if, you know, if Harden plays and, uh, 
you know, then then we got something to think about there and 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 make some decisions. Now, Brooklyn's at home, so we're not going to get Kyrie Irving. I may have misstated that earlier. So we don't get Kyrie Irving, but we may have Harden. So if Harden and Durant are going, uh, then, you know, it's a little bit tougher on, on the big, big money um, to, to spend up. And again, a lot of tough decisions, even though it's a five game slate, there are really pivotal decisions and they are, they have adjusted the pricing to bite us a little bit. So we can't stack in a bunch of studs. Um, so we'll see it comes down to that. Harden's 10, seven Durant's 11. So let's see what happens there. The rest of it is your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Patty Mills at four, seven, you know, DeAndre Bembry, 3-5, no thanks. That Kessler Edwards is okay. I'm not going to roster him in 3-6. So really, I, I don't like the ancillary pieces at all for Brooklyn. I don't think they've made any commitment to any of those guys. Cam Thomas at 4-3, Blake at 3-2. You know, Deron De Sharp looked really good when he was in there, and he's only 3-3. I guess if, if Claxton does turn up out, uh, Sharp – you know, could be a nice GPP shot at a cheap price, but very hard to trust uh, the secondary guys for Brooklyn. As far as the Thunder goes, you know, you've got uh, SGA at 8K, always playable. Josh Giddy at 7K as well, triple-double waiting to happen. You get Lou Dort cheap at 5-5. Those are the three guys that we talk about every day, uh, and I don't mind taking a shot at one of them, especially if I have a stud on the other side in Brooklyn, you know, love to have a Durant versus SGA or Giddy, or, if, you know, if it doesn't fit salary rise, Dort is, is not a bad, uh, you know, attempt to, to fill out a roster after that weight, just not even worth going into uh, a bunch of guys that rotate very inconsistent and not trustworthy. All right. Last game on the slate. It's all by itself. Starts an hour and a half later than all the rest. It's the second game on the uh, TNT doubleheader. And it's the Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets. And I'm sure TNT was expecting uh, when they scheduled this game early on to have Lillard and McCullum. But they are long gone right now from the squad. McCullum may be back sooner than later. But I personally, and I haven't read this, but... I'd be shocked if Lillard plays again this season. I mean, it's a lost season for them. And, you know, what's the point? Um, he's not getting any younger. He played hard through all that Olympics. I think if they want him 100% going into next year, just rest the guy and, and, and uh, be done with it. Um, Denver is favored by double digits here. And we know Portland has been leaking some oil with, with these bench guys playing. So it's dangerous. But Denver hasn't exactly been world beaters lately. Denver's favored by 10 and a half. It's only a 212 total. So somewhat of a clunker DFS game for being the late night sweat game. So it's hard to put a lot of stock in it. 100.75 for Portland, 111.25 for Denver, which isn't too bad. Portland, again, eight games under 500 at 16 and 24. Denver still fighting and scrapping to stay over 500 at 20 and 19. We know that Cody Zeller is doubtful, and the guys that are out Lillard, McCullum, Nance, Powell, and Simons. So you've got unbelievable uh, losses for Portland there, basically six of their top seven players, maybe. Uh, so it's going to be tough to stay in the game here. For Denver, you've got probable on Magruder. 
You've got uh, probable on Will Barton. Those are, you know, Barton's an important piece. Um, questionable on um, Marcus Howard. And then two guys out, Chanchar and Murray remain out. Uh, Portland is 15th in pace, Denver 21st. So that, you know, hurts a bit. But the defenses are bad. For only a 212 total, Portland's 29, second worst in the league. Denver's below mid-level uh, defense. They're 17th. So there is potential for points here. You know, your big thing is, does the game stay close throughout where the Joker could pay off a 12-5 tag? That is a really tough chore. I mean, I'm leaning to, to not rostering him, but, I mean, if the game somehow stays tight, you know, he, he blows up the slate. But it's tough. I mean, it's it's a risk. And the window's pretty narrow for him to smash his number uh, in a game like this. So that's that's where I'm initially leaning uh, is either going, you know, to more of a stronger mid build or going to Giannis uh, rather than than uh, the Joker on a big buy up. So we'll see. We we got to still work that through. Um, their starters look like it's probably going to be Morris, Barton, Gordon, and, and the Joker. Gordon's 5'8". The fifth starter, by the way, more than likely, you know, could be Austin Rivers. There's a lot of options here of which ways they can go. Um, but um, Morris at 4'9", should get solid minutes. Barton's a good price at 5'9", and Gordon at 5'8". So you got three good uh, value plays there for Denver if you don't go up to the Joker at 12'5". Bones, 3'2", off the bench. Composo, 4'3". You know, a lot of shared time there. Not real crazy about that uh, on a five-game slate. For Portland, it could be, you know, Dennis Smith season, as they say. He's only 4K. Uh, you know, you've lost your top three point guards in Lillard, McCollum, and Simons. So it's Smith Jr. by default. And he can throw some good games in there. Uh, there's no question about it. So he's going to be chalk. City in this late game, and he might be a solid play to help make the the you know numbers work. Ben Malcolmore's been terrific. Uh, he's only four two, uh, very good option as well if you want to pair the backcourt together for Portland. If you think the game stays close enough and they don't go to deep bench, uh, they could go to you know if it does start to get out of hand, the guys that would really uh, benefit are guy a guy like C.J. Ellaby at uh, 3K. I'm going to have him in a GPP lineup anyway. But, you know, Nazir Little becomes uh, possibly, I know this sounds insane, he may be the first option, or second option, I should say, on offense. Nurkic will be the first option, 7-6. And he deserves to be highly owned because they've got to get scoring from somewhere. And Nurk, Nurk's pretty tough, but he's got to go against uh, the Joker, which is no... Easy task, but Nurk at 7-6. Covington at 5-8 has decided out of nowhere the last 10 days to play basketball again, and he becomes playable. So there's a lot of value options on the Portland side, starting off with Smith and Macklemore, and then Little, Covington, and even Nurk. I mean, you can come up with two uh, Portland value plays here and feel pretty comfortable about it even if you don't have anybody on the Denver side. I'm leaning to either uh, a Barton or Gordon to pair up with a, you know, a duo of like a Smith-Macklemore or Smith-Little 
Uh, I think this could be a, a good game. I know it's 212. It's like, you know, coach, why do you want anybody in this game? It's the lowest on the board. And it has nothing to do if you guys listen to me or gals uh, consistently. I don't care what time the games play. I don't care if they all play at 2 in the morning or 7 p.m. That doesn't affect my choices. I just like the game set here, even though it's a 212 with all the guys out. And the way it sets, I think it, it just is a game that you need to have some exposure to. And that is unusual. But I will. I could have as many as three guys from the lowest total game on the board. That is unusual. And it may be contrarian, but based on the situation, I mean, think about it. Do you want uh, – let's look at a team. Um, let, let's pull a team out here that's healthy. Let's say the, the team that has a lot of their guys – uh, playing, uh, even though the Bucks don't have, well, we, yeah, the Bucks don't have, um, uh, who am I thinking? The point guard are Drew Holiday, but they do have Giannis and they have Middleton and Noir and Portis, Conton, DiVincenzo. They've got a lot of guys. So, you know, to take, to spend an eight, seven for Middleton when, you know, Noir is going to chuck shots. Giannis is, MVP candidate's going to get the ball a ton. Bobby Portis has been dominating play at times. Even Chanzo fire the ball a lot. So my point is, yeah, Middleton I like. He's a great play, but he's 8-7. You look at, you know, and the game has a total of 224, but you look at the, the counter aspect of this. Portland has nobody. Dennis Smith probably is going to take almost 20 shots in this game, in my opinion. Seven, I'd say 17 is a good number. And, you know, the applied total is only 100.75. It's a 212 total. But where's that offense going to come from? Smith and Macklemore have to chuck the ball. And if they do anything, you know, moving the ball inside, what's and Nurkic and even Covington are going to have to piece it, have a piece of that. So the logic is on game set. And that's what we watch here. We don't – if you dump this stuff into an optimizer and just play the optimal lineup, yeah, you're going to come up with a bunch of these big names because they're looking at the you know case study over multiple games. But it doesn't take into consideration, in my opinion, you know what these rotations look like with all the changes with guys out, with what the rotations have been, who they've been counting on, who's been closing games. You know all of the pieces that. Yes, I understand that all somewhat gets counted in there, but not to the point where. You know, you have to hand build a lineup. And that's what we do here at Coach Talk. So, you know, we're not playing 150 max uh, entries. We're not pouring in 20 grand a night. We're hand building a couple lineups and putting them strategically in cash games and specifically single entry GPPs. And we're building bankrolls. So if you want to really get a lot of that uh, type of atmosphere in a really positive discord where we've got a lot of a lot of support, pulling for each other, a lot of information, hand building, making late swap changes, then DFS Coach Talk is the place for you. So come sign up. We have our four sports special that we just launched last night where you get uh, the entire four sports, everything we do here at Coach Talk, NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB from now, the day you sign up, through all the way through the end of the NBA playoffs uh, in third week of July. So uh, that is a really great deal. Check it out. You can do it in two payments. However, whatever makes uh, makes it easiest. 
uh, just check it out at dfscoachtalk.com. All right, that is it, my friends. A little windy, a lot of wind today on this five-game slate, but wanted to go into a couple of things. Uh, it seems like we have so many huge slates, we miss out on touching on some of those points. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope this helps you build some winners. Tomorrow is more like my kind of slate, nine games. I like these big slates, although today I like a lot. It's really weird. It's Even though it's only five games, it still has a situation where there's a ton of decisions. It's not going to be chalk city for people uh, where everybody plugs in Giannis or everybody plugs in the Joker. People have a lot of decisions to make. So uh, come and join us. Check us out again at, at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be in uh, Discord to talk it through and do some Q&A stuff. So appreciate it. Uh, please take a second, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. That really helps us uh, in the algorithm as we look to, to grow DFS coach, coach Talk. So thank you so much. Enjoy your Thursday, one day away from TGIF and closer to the weekend. So have a great one, and we'll be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.